So, remember, Saul went to see the witch of Endor and asked her to bring up Samuel. And whether it was Samuel or whether it was like a demon pretending to be Samuel, brought a message for Saul, which God allowed him to bring. And it was what? That he was going to die in battle. Yeah, you and your sons are going to die. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tomorrow yeah. in battle. Yeah. So the Philistines planned to gather their armies together to go and attack Israel. And remember, David was serving with the, one of the kings of the Philistines named Achish. And he was going to go with them to the battle. And remember, we said how if David went with the Philistines to the battle... We're pretty sure that what he would do is turn and fight against the Philistines. Well, the other Philistine uh, generals and kings were like, Achish, dude, you cannot let David come and fight with us against the Israelites. And Achish said, why not? He's, he's been fighting against them. He's served me faithfully. He's been attacking the Israelites and bringing me spoil, which isn't really true. He was attacking other people and bringing spoil, but he didn't attack the Israelites. But the commanders of the Philistines are like, no way, send him back. He can't go with us. We can't trust this guy. Isn't this the guy of whom they used to sing? Saul has struck down his thousands. David is ten thousands. So Achish called David and he said, says, you know, you've been honest. And to me, it seems that you should march out in front with me in the campaign. I've never found anything wrong with you. But the other lords, they don't agree. They don't approve of you. So go and don't fight with us. And David said, what have I done? What have you found in me? Since the day I entered your service, that you would tell me I can't fight with you. And Achish said, I know that you are as blameless in my sight as an angel of God. Nevertheless, the commanders of the Philistines have said he shall not go with, up with us to the battle. So you can't come. So David set out with his men to return to the land of the Philistines. But the Philistines went up to Jezreel. So the Philistines are going up to Jezreel to fight Israel. David is going back to his city called Ziklag. But when he came to Ziklag... It had been destroyed and burned. And all of his family and all of his men's family and all their stuff was gone. Because the Amalekites had come and made a raid against the Negeb, that's the south land of Judah, and against Ziklag, David's town. And they had burned it with fire and taken everyone captive. All, of his, all the women, all the children, and all their stuff. So when David and his men saw it, they wept loudly. And David was really greatly distressed. And the people were so mad that they started speaking and muttering to each other, like, maybe we should stone David because this is his fault, which isn't really very, you know, fair. But anyway, but David, it says, strengthened himself in the Lord his God. That means he trusted in God and he turned to the Lord and he called Abiathar the priest and he said, bring me the ephod. That was what you would wear as a priest in order to ask God a question. So David asked the Lord, shall I pursue after the Amalekites? And if I do, will I overtake them? And God said, pursue. You will surely overtake them and you will surely rescue. So David set out with his 600 men and they came to the brook called Bezor where those who were left behind stayed. But David kept going on he and 400 men. What that means is that there were 200 of the 600 that stayed because they were too tired to go across the brook. A brook is like a stream, small river. So David and 400 kept going and they found an Egyptian in the, in, in the land on the way and they brought him to David and he gave him some food and some water and he gave him a cake of figs and some raisins and what he had eaten. 
because he was really hungry before. It says his spirit was revived. He hadn't eaten bread or drunk water for three days and three nights. That, that would mean he's getting close to being dead. You can go that long without eating pretty easily, but that's about as long as you can go without drinking water, without dying. So David said to him, you know, who do you belong to? Where are you from? He said, I'm a man of Egypt. I'm a servant to an Amalekite. My master left me because I got sick. We made a raid against the Negeb, and again, that belongs to Judah, and we burned Ziklag with fire. So David knew he was with a group that had attacked his city. And David said, will you take me to this band? And he said, if you swear to me that you will not kill me or give me back to my master, I will take you to this band. So he showed him where they were. Now this whole army of the Amalekites, they were spread out and they were eating and drinking and dancing because of all the stuff that they had stolen from the Philistines and from Judah, and they thought nobody was going to find them. So David attacked at twilight until it, you know, when it was about to get dark, and he attacked them from twilight one day until evening of the next day, so almost for 24 hours, and he killed all of them except there were 400 young men who jumped onto some camels and fled. But David rescued everything that they had taken. He rescued his wives. He rescued everyone's wives and sons and daughters and everything that had been stolen, and he brought it all back. And when they came back to the 200 men, remember there were 200 men who stayed behind because they were too tired. And some of the men in David's army were like, we shouldn't give this, these guys their stuff back because they were too lazy and they stayed behind. And they're losers. And David said, don't be like that, guys. That's not how he said it, but, you know, colloquializing. He said, don't do that, my brothers. For the Lord gave this, the Amalekites into our hands. He's the one that won this battle for us. He's the one that gave this all back to us. We should give them just as much as we got. And so he made that a rule. And they came back to Ziklag, and he sent back the stuff to the elders of Judah. So they brought, got all their stuff back. And then the stuff that the Amalekites had stolen from Judah, he sent that back too. Now, meanwhile, the Philistines had attacked Israel. And the men of Israel were getting defeated, and they ran away before the Philistines. And many of them fell slain on Mount Gilboa. And the Philistines overtook Saul and his sons. And they struck and killed Jonathan and Abinadab and Melchishua, who were the sons of Saul. What? Yeah, it's a rout. And the battle was going really badly, and, he, and it was pressing hard against Saul, and the Philistine archers found him and shot him and wounded him, and Saul knew that he was going to die. And he said to his armor-bearer, Draw your sword and thrust me through with it, lest these uncircumcised Philistines come and thrust me through and mistreat me. He means maybe they'll like torture me or something. But his armor-bearer would not, for he feared greatly. He feared to do something like that because he knew it would be wrong. So Saul took his own sword and fell on it and died. And when his armor bearer saw that Saul was dead, he also fell on his sword and died. So Saul died, he and his sons and his armor bearer, all on the same day. And when the men of Israel, who were on the other side of the valley, saw what had happened, they abandoned their cities and ran away. And the Philistines came and took their cities and lived in them. Now, the next day, when the Philistines came to steal stuff from the bodies of people who had died, they found Saul and his sons. So they cut off his head and took his armor and sent messengers throughout all the land of the Philistines to tell everybody, ah, ha, ha, we killed Saul. 
and they brought um, to the house of their idols and rejoiced that they had beaten Saul as if their gods had given them this victory. And they put his armor in the temple of Ashtaroth, which was their false gods, and they fastened his body to the wall of their city, Beth Shan. But when the people who lived in Jabesh Gilead, who were Israelites, heard what the Philistines had done to Saul, all the valiant men, those like brave men, they rose up at night and they took the body of Saul and, his, and the bodies of his sons down from the wall and they brought them back to Jabesh Gilead and they buried them there. That's the end of Saul's life. Just like it had been foretold. Well, we, we can just do a little bit more because it's connected with that. When, after Saul died, remember, so while Saul was fighting and dying, David was away rescuing his people. And part of the tragedy of this whole situation is that, you know, if David had been fighting with Saul, do you think that the Israelites would have lost? No. I don't think so. And not just because David had some more men and David was a good fighter, but because God was with David. But David wasn't with Saul. Why wasn't David fighting with Saul? Because because he wants... Because, because Saul tried. Yeah, because Saul, Saul didn't Saul's, believe in God. Yeah, Saul drove David away. So while David was rescuing his people, that fight was going on. And David stayed in Ziklag after he came back. And on the third day, a man came from Saul's army. And his clothes were torn and there was dirt on his head and he bowed down to David. And David said, where'd you come from? And he said, well, I escaped from Israel. And David said, how did the battle go? Tell me. And he said, the people fled. Many of them have, have died. And Saul and his son Jonathan are dead. Then David said to the man who told him, How do you know that Saul and his son Jonathan are dead? And the young man said, Well, I happened to be on Mount Gilboa, and there was Saul leaning on his spear. And the chariots and the horsemen were close upon him. And when he looked behind me, he saw me, and he said, Here I am. He said, Who are you? And I said, I'm an Amalekite. And he said, Come by me and kill me, because I'm in pain and my life still lingers. So I stood beside him and killed him, because I was sure that he couldn't live. And I took the crown that was on his head, and the armlet that was on his arm, and I've brought them here to you. Now, I think that this guy is lying. Because remember, we heard that Saul had killed himself. He might not be lying. It might be that Saul had tried to kill himself and hadn't quite done it, and that Saul had asked him to do it. Or it might be that he's lying because he thinks that David will like him for telling him that he killed Saul. He thinks David will be like, oh, yeah, you helped me out. You killed Saul, who's my enemy. But that is not how David is going to react. David took hold of his clothes and tore them. That was a sign of great sadness. And everybody was with him. And they mourned. They cried and wept and fasted all evening. I don't know if the man was lying or not exactly. They wept for Saul and for Jonathan and for the people of the Lord and the house of the Lord. And David said to the young man, where do you come from? And he said, I'm a sojourner, an Amalekite. And David said, how is it that you were not afraid to put out your hand to kill the Lord's anointed? So David called one of the young men and said, go and execute this man. So he put him to death. And David said, your blood be on your head. For your own mouth has testified against you, saying, I have killed the Lord's anointed. So David now knew that he was king. So now it was his job to punish people for doing things that were wrong. And what this man did was very wrong. He should not have killed Saul, even if Saul told him to. So either the man is lying and he didn't kill Saul, but he claimed he did, in which case 
Well, David wouldn't know that, and that's not his fault. The guy said that he did. Or he did kill Saul when Saul asked him to, and he shouldn't have done that. Even if somebody says, oh, kill me in order to help me, that's not okay. And particularly because this is the Lord's anointed Saul. So then David made a song, a song of sorrow and lamentation about, about Saul and Jonathan. And I won't read the whole song, but some parts of it go like this. Saul and Jonathan, beloved and lovely, in life and in death, they were not divided. They were swifter than eagles. They were stronger than lions. Later, he says, how the mighty have fallen in the midst of battle. Jonathan lies slain on your high places. I am distressed for you, my brother Jonathan. Very pleasant have you been to me. Because he was his best friend. And he loved him. He helped him a lot. When when, um, Peter tried to escape, his friend helped him. Yeah. So David and Jonathan really loved each other as friends. And David also loved Saul, even though Saul tried to kill him. And, David, um, David was king now because Saul was dead, but that didn't make him happy. That, he, he didn't rejoice in the death of his enemy. And that, that's a good reminder to us of, of trusting in the Lord. David didn't try and, to take vengeance on Saul. He trusted the Lord did, for his time. David's friend. Jonathan did believe in God, yes. Jonathan, I'm sure, went to heaven. And David went to heaven. Saul, probably not. Almost definitely Saul went to hell. Well, yeah. yeah. He, he actually, I think he did. Yeah. Which is really sad. But David shows us that we shouldn't, like, want bad things to happen even to other people, even when other people are mean to us. We should love them and hope good things happen to them and love them. She wasn't mean to me, but she was like, she had like a broken heart. Oh. oh, that's sad. Remember, like when I had a broken heart like that? Yeah. It was when I had a broken heart. It was just like that. Yeah. So she probably just like. Probably herself. Yep. Yeah.